chapter 20 this evening. Numbers chapter 20. We're coming towards the end of Moses' life in our studies here. Um, this chapter is right at 38 years into the wandering in the wilderness. So it's been 38 years since uh, Caleb and Joshua said, let's go in. <laughs> here it is. We've been waiting for this. And the other 10 spies said, it's too much. The people were discouraged and they, and they uh, murmured against the Lord. And the Lord said, okay, everyone 20 years and up is going to die out here in the wilderness. So they've been wandering for right at 38 years, according to what I could find. And, and, uh, and they come to this point. You know, if you remember back, Moses spoke to a rock and God brought water out of that rock and provided for the people and their livestock. And uh, just all the different miracles that we've seen and all the things that have happened down through the time where Israel left Egypt to this point. Uh, and this chapter is interesting. This is Moses' sin is what I titled the, story, the study tonight. And I want you to just remember one thing, if nothing else. The last point tonight is the punishment. The punishment is interesting to me. And when you first read this, you think, how severe, wow, for this very faithful man. But every time we open up the Word of God and we look at sin, God judges it. <laughs> it has punishment, and, and He views it uh, as vile. And, and so, I want to bring out a few things about Moses as we look at that. As we look in this chapter, I want to talk about what he's gone through, the things that are going on in his life, and maybe uh, throw in a little conjecture, if you'll give me that uh, privilege tonight, and thinking about maybe where Mo Moses' mindset was, and then we'll look at what God did. Um, and uh, it removes all excuse. It removes all excuse when we look at it this way. I want to pray, and we're going to read verse 1 through 12 of chapter 20 this evening. Father, thank you for our time together. Thank you, uh, as has already been prayed tonight, for the songs we sing that lift up your name. That you were Lord at your birth. That salvation came because of your sacrifice in Bethlehem that day and then Calvary 33 years later. Lord, your great love for us was shown. Father, guide us tonight as we look in your word. Uh, open our hearts and our minds and help us to grasp what you have for us to take and apply it to our life. Guide the words that I say, Lord, that it would be only from you. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Verse 1 says, Then came the children of Israel, even the whole congregation, into the desert of Zin in the first month, and the people abode in Kadesh, and Miriam died there, or died and was buried there. Miriam, Moses' sister, who has been ministering alongside of Moses for these Nearly 40 years. Now, it's the only sister that I'm aware of. If I'm wrong, you can correct me. But maybe she's the one that pulled him out of the... I mean, was there when Pharaoh's daughter pulled him out of the, the reeds back in the Nile River and said, I know someone who can take care of this baby. She's one that Moses was close to. I, I know that. He, he was dependent on her as well, and they were on each other. That family tie was very strong. Miriam died and was buried there, it says. 
And there was no water for the congregation, and they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. And the people chode with Moses and spake, saying, Would God that we had died with our brethren when our brethren died before the Lord? And why have you brought up the congregation of the Lord into this wilderness, that we and our cattle should die there? And wherefore have you made us to come out, out of Egypt to bring us in unto this evil place? It is no place of seed, or of figs, or of vines, or of pomegranates. Neither is there any water to drink. And Moses and Aaron went up from the presence of the assembly under the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and they fell upon their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared unto them. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take the rod, and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes, and it shall give forth his water. And thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock, so thou shalt give the congregation and their beast drink. And Moses took the rod from before the Lord, as he commanded him, and, gather, and Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock. And he said unto them, Hear now, ye rebels. Must we fetch you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock twice, and the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beast also. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, Because ye believed me not, to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. An amazing story to me. Now, I want to look at three things. The, the command that God gave, and will, will be the majority of what we just read, Moses' anger, Moses' anger and God's punishment. You know, these, these are the younger, this is the younger generation. They've been out here for 38 years. Most of those have died off before. And, and they've walked in the wilderness as they've seen this happen. Just, just a couple chapters back, they saw what, what I preached on a couple weeks ago. The, the earth opened up and took the family of Korah and, and swallowed them up. They've seen the power of God. They know that He is there. He, they know that He is leading Moses. And they know the promises of God, too. They know that Moses said, this older generation will not go in. The younger people will see what I've given them. They will cross the Jordan River and go into this land that flows with milk and honey. They know these promises. And so they know as they're watching the older generation pass away that their time is coming. It's getting closer to when we can go in. And yet, they take their eyes off of the promises of God. They take their eyes off of the leadership that God has given them. And, and they start to murmur again. They start to complain. I've thought about Moses. What is going on in Moses' mind? Lord, how long do I have to put up with these people? Every time we have a little hardship, here they are, murmuring and complaining and saying, oh, it would have been better if we had died with our fathers here in the wilderness. Why didn't you just let us die too? We have no pomegranates, no figs. They start listing off all the things and complaining and whining. And, and Moses' initial reaction is right. Moses and Aaron both. As they hear this complaint again. Verse 6, Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly under the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and fell upon their faces. And the glory of the Lord appeared unto them. 
We don't even see Moses and Aaron saying anything. We just see them going to the tabernacle and falling on their face before God. They didn't need to tell the Lord what was going on. He saw and knew exactly what was going on, and they knew that. They fell down before him. And God gives him this command. says, I'm going to provide for the people. Take the rod from before the presence of the Lord and go out and speak to them and, and speak to the rock and I will provide them water. He promises yet to deliver, show His mercy one more time. So we see the command given, speak unto the rock. Verse 8, speak ye unto the rock, right in the middle of the verse, before their eyes and it shall give forth His water. And thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rocks, so thou shalt give the congregation and their beast drinks. Drink. He, he says, this is all you have to do, Moses. Get up, go get the rod, gather the assembly before this rock, and speak to it. Command the water to come forth. And, and to me, it's, it's such an interesting thing, because this command is so simple. And I read several different people's thoughts on this as to why Moses did what he did. Some believe that, that Moses and Aaron knew that God provided from a rock before, so they wandered and God provided. They were, some think maybe Moses thought there was going to be another 40 years of wandering, and he didn't want to see that. I, I, you can't find that in the Bible. I think that's just thoughts. But this command is so simple. Just go and do this thing. And let them see my provision again. So here's the command. And, and then what I wanted to focus on is the last two things I thought about in this chapter. The last two things we see. And, and I just number two is just the anger. Just the anger. And I, I, I don't make excuses for Moses. But I want us to think about Moses' mindset in this situation. He... Aaron, Caleb, and Joshua are the, the four patriarchs of Israel at the time. How many people were their age? I don't know if there were any at, the, at that point. They were far older than any of the ones there. At the time Moses was first at the river and sent in the spies, he was, he was uh, 80-something years old. So he is 60 years older than the oldest person that is going to walk into Israel, or into Canaan. He's far older than them. He's been dealing for 40 years with the murmuring and complaining of Israel as they see God provide, and then they come after him and say, Would God we had died in Egypt, let us just go back and become slaves again. And God says, I'm going to kill them for their murmuring. I'm going, to, I'm going to take them and start over with you, Moses. Moses has dealt with complaining and murmuring over and over and over. And he's looking at this younger generation, and the frustration has to be getting, it's just starting to mount here. The older generation, that, those that are my generation, died because of their unbelief, and yet this younger generation is doing the same thing. He's got to be frustrated. His sister just died. That that he, those that he leans on are passing away. That, that sister that was right there with him through all of this is gone. He's, he's mourning the loss of her. He sees these people that he doesn't believe really deserve to go in. 
They're complaining, and here we go again, Lord. Why, why is it always the same thing over and over and over? And so his anger is building up inside of him, and, he's, and he brings them out. And he walks up to the rock and lifted up his hands, verse 11, and with his rod he smote the rock twice. I don't know if he really wanted them to have water. At <laughs> some point I, I kind of feel like he just didn't want them to get any more blessings. You know what? You deserve it. God brought you here and God has provided all along. I don't, I'm not sure you deserve this. But get Moses' state of mind. And, and I don't want to, like I said, I'm not making excuses for Moses because I want to bring out a point here in a second. Everything apparently around him is going against him. Everything is difficult. There's only a few people left that he can, that he can call his friends in all of this. I know Joshua and Caleb stood with Moses. And Aaron's standing with Moses. So maybe there's three people in all of Israel that, that are his friends that are with him in this point. So it feels like he's standing alone. At least the two men are standing alone, Moses and Aaron. Both of them have just lost their sister. And he smites the rock and the water comes out abundantly and the congregation drank in their beast also. God shows his mercy yet again to the people and he provides for them. But Moses, in all of this situation that's going on in his life, rebelled against God. And in our minds we would think, well, if there's any time in Moses' life he deserved a little, a little acting out, here it is. He can take his frustrations out on a rock. What harm is it? He's angry, and he should be angry, and, and he has a right to be angry. That's how we think. He's tired of these young, young people just being rebellious aggravated at them and he's tired in his older years he's, he's approaching 120 so in my mind from a fleshly standpoint I can justify Moses' actions I can see myself doing the same foolish thing walking out just for all I'm worth whacking that thing twice And then verse 12, And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron and said, Because ye believed me not, to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. God did not give Moses an inch in his sin. God says, You didn't have faith in me? And you didn't sanctify me in the eyes of the congregation. You did not stand up for me. Moses, what you did was purely an action of selfishness. You acted out in anger and you were to show these people who you were. Once and for all, stop coming against me. And at the age of 120 or 19 or however old Moses is, God says that sin is just as grievous to me as it was 45 years ago. And he took away the thing that Moses has been waiting for. Have you ever thought about that very much? The punishment that Moses had. I believe Moses is in heaven today. You can see that from Scripture. 
But Moses' earthly goal was to go into Canaan. All this time, he's been focused on getting across the river and into the, the promised land. He's going to lead these people in, and he's going to see God bless his people. And one action took it all away. One action that we look at and say is very justified was rebellioning against God, and God said, you're not going in there. I was just thinking about it. You did not believe me, Moses. You didn't trust me to continue to guide in your life. After all these years, you, you rebelled against me, and you, and you took and acted on your own. It's an amazing thing that God said He did here. Because you did, you believed me not. You had a you had a moment where your faith failed, and you decided not to lift my name up in the congregation. So I was thinking about this. How about us? How about us? As we get older in life, are we faithful to the end? There's goals maybe we have set out ahead of us here. And there's, there's stumbling blocks along the way. There's difficulties along the way. There's aggravations that come. And, and I... I'm over the hill, I'm told. I'm on, the, I'm on the downhill side. The older I get, I'll be honest, some of those frustrations are more difficult to handle than others. Part of life is just more difficult than it was 25 years ago. And I hear testimony from those who are, who are older than I that it is that way. Life gets harder. Mr. Martin was constantly saying... Getting old is not for the weak. Getting old is not for the weak, he said. It is a struggle, and I watched that man deal with difficulties. Pain and, and memory trouble and, and just day-by-day -day struggles that made life difficult. And I watched him go faithfully to the end. Throughout the difficulties, Moses made one thing, one time where he, he sinned openly in front of the congregation and God punished him for it. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 3, please. Hebrews chapter 3. We're going to read the first 14 verses of the chapter. Hebrews 3, 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Jesus Christ, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man was counted more worthy, worthy of more glory than Moses, insomuch as he who had built the house hath more honor than the house. For every house is built by some man, but he that built all things is God." Moses was very faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. That's Moses' testimony. I'm struck by that every time I read. Moses is in the, 
Bible is a great man, and he was. Please don't get that wrong. Greatly used by God. Verse 6, But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence, and the rejoicing of the hope, what is it? Firm unto the end. Firm unto the end. I, have, I hold to eternal security by the authority of the, of the Bible. The Bible says, Nothing can separate me from the love of God. So you can't take me out of the Father's hand. I'm there, and that's all there is to it. But I am to be faithful unto the end. If I want the God, God's blessing and direction on my life, I want to be used mightily by Him. If I want my life to be successful, it is faithful to the end. Hope firm unto the end, verse 6. Verse 7, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, Today, if ye hear His voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. Wherefore I was grieved with that generation, and said, They do always err in their hearts, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. He says, Take heed, brethren. Brethren. Sis, brothers and sisters in Christ, be warned, lest an evil heart of unbelief spring up. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence, here it is again, steadfast unto the end. Steadfast unto the end. Moses did not have an excuse for his actions. The people were definitely wrong in what they were doing. And God judged His people for murmuring and complaining. But Moses' sin was just as grievous to God. The older generation died in the wilderness. Could not go into the promised land because of their unbelief. Moses died on top of the mountain looking out over the land because of his unbelief. Because he doubted God in a time of great sorrow, in a great time of great uh, testing, in a time of great frustration and anger, he failed God. In the later years of his life, Moses never set foot in the promised land. Considered that. From a human standpoint, we can look at that and say, that is harsh. But he disobeyed God. He disobeyed God. And, I, and I was, as I was reading through this passage, I'm just reminded again, we have a calling to be faithful. We have a calling to, to walk by faith and not by sight right up until the, until the end. That's why Job is such a challenge to me. Job had it all taken away in a moment. One afternoon, it's all gone. Except for his wife. The man has all of his animals stolen. He has his house fall in on his children and kill them all. He has boils on his body where he sits and scrapes them with pot. With a, with a chunk of pottery, he scrapes the, the sores on his skin while he sits in sackcloth and ashes. And his, his wife comes up to him and says, Is this not enough? Curse God and die. You know what? Job was not a young man at this time. Things are difficult. 
what did, what did Job say? Naked came I into this world. Naked will I leave. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And in all that, he did not murmur against God. We can look at Moses here and we can understand his mindset. But know that sin is always wrong. He cannot justify what he did and neither can we. No matter what the situation is, no matter your age, if you're four years old, or if you're 66, 99, or you're 80s, or you're in your 90s, faithful unto the end. God is going to view our sin the same no matter what the situation is. We always have to handle the situation according to God's Word. Let the Spirit lead. Walk by faith and not by sight. We were looking, that, looking at that little bitty verse in Sunday school this morning. Walk by faith and not by sight. All the things around me then, all the things that my eyes see and I think I perceive, should not affect my walk with God. Not one little bit. Peter walked out on the water in the middle of a crazy storm. The waves didn't change. Jesus didn't change. And, Mo and Peter steps out of the boat, and it must have been the, the most amazing feeling thing of all time. Step out on that water and just start walking. He's walking across as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus. I don't know how far Jesus was over there. He may have walked the length of this auditorium on the waves as they're crashing all around. But all of a sudden, his he got distracted and he looked around a little bit and got to thinking, boy, what am I doing? This is crazy. And starts sinking and says, Lord, help. And God pulls him up. He says, oh, you of little faith. Where is your faith? You took your eyes off of me and you got it on the world. Moses took his eyes off of God and he looked at the people and let the frustration get to him. And he looked at the situation and said, I'm just going to show them today. And he walked by sight, not by faith. One instance in the Bible as he's leading Israel. And God said, I'm going to punish you for that. Are we going to be faithful to the end? Can we say like Joshua, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to be faithful unto the end. That testimony of the man that goes no matter the hardship and serves God is such a great testimony. There's so many in the Bible. I think of, of Joseph. Joseph, in all of that he went through, he stayed faithful to God. He walked with the Lord and God used him in a mighty way. He saved the people alive by his wisdom that God gave him when he got placed in authority and, and he told his brothers, you thought it for evil and God thought it for good. Faithful until the end. We can get our eyes off of God and on the things around us today and be so distracted. Start trying to figure out what we're going to do. Start to panic. Let the frustration set in. And do something foolish. One foolish act cost Moses the blessing of walking into the promised land.
Are we going to be faithful to the end? God provided for the people. God's mercy never changed. And I know Moses is in heaven today, but he missed out on the biggest blessing of his earthly life because late in his life he failed. Father, thank you for our time tonight. Thank you for the warnings in your word. Lord, help us to walk faithful this week, to purpose in our heart that we will not fail you, that we will not take our eyes off of you, that, Lord, we will allow your spirit to direct, that we will walk by faith this week, not by sight, that we will let your love shed abroad, shine in our heart be shed abroad to those around us, no matter the circumstance. Father, then your name will be lifted up. Then we will sanctify you in the congregation. Your name will be glorified. Father, guide us, strengthen us this week. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Thank you for your attention. You are dismissed. Continue to pray for Ralph. Remember him this week.